Hello and a very warm welcome. I'm delighted you can join us on Search for Truth. It's your Bible study program with your teacher, Brian Johnston. Today, Brian gives us a detailed and thought-provoking study called Convinced About the Conditional House of God. It's quite a detailed uh, study. It requires close study of the scriptures. And because it demands close study and, uh, and thinking as well, you might prefer to study it again at your own pace, in which case the free transcript book should prove very helpful. I'll tell you how you can make one your own later after Brian's talk. But now, here's Brian. Thanks, John. Yes, as we continue exploring a single Greek word, you're already aware we're talking about things that are intended to become our core convictions. Our third example of its occurrence takes us to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. It says, We desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realise the full assurance of hope until the end. But what hope was it that they were to be fully assured about? To answer that, we've got to understand the surrounding context of this verse. Because when you take a text out of context, what you're left with is a con. That means we have to read what goes before this to understand what its readers are being challenged with, and so to discover what it is that we also should be totally convicted about. By the way, you'll find some really good commentaries by writers who've got a lot of worthwhile things to share with us, and they very often state that the people in those earlier verses in chapter 6 of Hebrews were mere professors of the Christian faith. In other words, they're saying that they weren't genuinely born-again believers. But let's look at those earlier verses and see if that stacks up. This is chapter 6 of Hebrews, verses 4 to 6. In the case of those who have been once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. You see, they would say, these people being described here weren't genuine believers. And they'd say that because they believe in eternal security. And Hebrews 6 and 6 says, these people fell away. Ah, well, if they fall away, given that true Christians are eternally secure, then these can't have been true Christians in the first place. They must only have been people who professed head knowledge. Wait a minute. Let's look again at those five descriptions. They were people who had been enlightened. They were people who had tasted experience of the heavenly gift. They had been made sharers or partakers of the Holy Spirit. They had tasted the good word of God and they had tasted of the powers of the age to come. I put it to you that it couldn't be plainer on the page of Scripture that these people were people of genuine experience of Christ, genuine believers. But yet they fell away. We're going to have to look for a different solution to this apparent problem. Again, we need to look at the context, the wider context of the whole letter to the Hebrews. And when we do that, we find it's not teaching about the body of Christ, but it's teaching about something called God's house. Now, here's where we need to define our terms. The church, which is Christ's body, can be biblically defined as all true born-again believers of this present day of grace, which began at the time of Acts chapter 2 with the coming of the Holy Spirit 
to permanently indwell believers for the first time in history. We never cease to be a member of Christ's church, referred to as his body, even when we die. And obviously, a great many of its members are now in heaven, having already died. But God has a plan for living disciples, those who remain on earth at any one time. It's a design he established back in the days of the New Testament. Local gatherings of believers, known biblically as churches of God, are described as being interlinked in one overall New Testament fellowship of churches, variously spoken of as being God's people, God's house, his kingdom, the holy and royal priesthood, and God's holy nation. Now let's recap. The Bible teaches we have eternal security in Christ with regard to our salvation, but it also plainly talks about the possibility of falling away. On the basis that we understand the Bible to be God's inspired word, there can be no contradictions within its pages. No one can be both eternally secure and fall away unless this security and falling away relate to two quite different things. And it's here we have to distinguish between our salvation and our service for the Lord. If I can put it like this, as far as New Testament teachings concerned, our salvation is to do with being forever in the church, which is Christ's body. And our service has to do with being in a local church of God while we're alive here on earth. It's therefore possible for someone, a believer, to fall away from serving God in a local church fellowship, while at the same time remaining eternally secure within Christ's church, the universal church, in terms of being forever saved from the penalty of sins. The theme of the letter to the Hebrews, and remember, that's where we find this talk of falling away, the theme of the letter to the Hebrews is focused on our service and not on our salvation. In the Bible's teaching about salvation, our position in Christ was secured when we came to the Saviour and were born of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus took us and he baptised us in the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. See 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. That's our eternal incorporation into it. Our membership of that body is a permanent membership. Christ's body can never be dismembered. Who could do that? That means there's eternal security in the body, and we praise God for that, something shared in common among all true fellow believers. But we're also seeing that there is something that we can fall away from, or something that we can come short of. And it's this matter that the letter to the Hebrews majors on, which is about being in God's house while serving him during our earthly life. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6, the writer identifies himself with those to whom he is writing in the first century churches of God, perhaps predominantly Jewish early Christians. He says to them, whose house we are. He says that we are God's house if we hold fast our confidence and hope until the end. In its first century Jewish setting, the Hebrews letter referred to the danger of early Jewish believers being drawn back into following the old ways of Judaism again. That's what's being referred to, for example, in the falling away that's mentioned in Hebrews 6 verse 6. In that first century setting at least, there could be no recovery back into Church of God fellowship for anyone who renounced Jesus as Messiah and returned to the old ways of Judaism. 
such was the high-profile damage to the testimony that it was in effect a re-crucifying of Christ. That would be a disastrous U-turn after they had earlier had the courage to publicly recognise Jesus as the true Messiah. The book of Hebrews is not at all discussing whether these wavering Jews maintained their salvation, but only whether they maintained their place of privilege among God's worshipping people. The writer says, We are God's house if we hold fast. If, notice, that implies a condition, something that's not guaranteed. This condition is something he says a lot about in Hebrews. God's house, which Hebrews teaches is conditional, cannot be identified with the vast company of all those who have ever known salvation by God's grace through personal faith in Jesus Christ. It's also to be distinguished from the totality of all currently living believers, once again because of that stated condition. God's house at any time doesn't even include all true believers alive at that moment, for there is the condition applied if we hold fast. All of this shows us that the criterion for a place in God's house is not simply the possession of salvation. This is because Hebrews demonstrates we can fall away from God's house while still having salvation. There's no need whatsoever for us to hold fast in the body to our salvation, for the Lord Jesus himself holds us fast and assures us none can snatch us away from him. John 10 verse 28. But regarding what's called God's house, we evidently do need to hold fast, just as they did, to whom the author of Hebrews wrote some 2,000 years ago. The Hebrews letter was written, as its name implies, to early Jewish Christians who'd left behind the ceremonial law of Moses to embrace Jesus as the Messiah and follow the teaching of his apostles. By following the apostles' teaching, they found themselves in the New Testament churches of God. The book of the Acts of the Apostles documents exactly how this came about. The existence of these churches spread outwards from Jerusalem, particularly as a result of the various missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Those who turned to the Lord in each place were numbered and identified with its local church of God. These were all linked by visits from the likes of Paul. They were addressed together in several of the Bible letters. They sent relief aid to one another as needs arose and they were bound by a common adherence to the same understanding of the Lord's teaching, a point clearly demonstrated in the case of the Jerusalem Council of Acts chapter 15. In other words, they were an interlinked community of disciples maintained by the church elders in the different localities working in close fellowship with each other. By the time the letter to the Hebrews came to be written, some had come to feel life would be easier outside of this messianic community, just going along with the law of Moses, as did the majority of folks around them, at least in Israel. To these people, wavering on the brink of leaving the community of churches of God, the writer of the Hebrews letter makes his appeal by the Spirit of God, don't go back, don't fall away, to quit their association with the practising Christian community would not mean the loss of their salvation, but, and this is the main point of the letter, they'd miss out on all that was special in serving God in the biblical community of churches of God, the very things the Old Testament had been pointing forward to. 
They'd lose their place in God's house, where God lived by his Spirit, in a way that answered to earlier eras, when the place where God lived on earth was known as Moses' tabernacle or Solomon's temple. Don't fall away is the message, but be totally convinced of where God wants you to serve him. That's the message. Right, you heard me say earlier that there's a book which contains all the transcripts of the talks and it might be helpful in uh, looking into this subject. So it can be yours for the asking. Just ask for the booklet Total Conviction and you can do this by email or by post. Here's our postal address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon SN4 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, time has gone, I'm afraid, but it's been great to have your company. Thank you for being with us. Now, I look forward to you joining me again next week for another Total Conviction investigation. But until then, it's cheerio, very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So see you soon and may God richly bless you.